0: Hi, this is Dr. Rebecca. The views and opinions expressed on this radio show, Mastermind, are not necessarily always the view of the host. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions or beliefs that I have. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or mitigate in any way any disease or condition, or to promote any specific lifestyle, belief, religion, political affiliation, or other personal practice nor is the information presented necessarily accurate or verifiable.
1: Welcome. It's time to tune in and elevate your consciousness. This is Mastermind with your host, Dr. Rebecca. This show is about possibilities. If you're tired of boundaries and limitations or simply looking for a new perspective and fresh outlook on life, you've made the right choice. By the end of this hour, you will be a changed person. If you're motivated to make the necessary changes in your life, we'll provide the tools, direction, and encouragement to help you along the way. Now, here's Dr. Rebecca.
0: And welcome back to Mastermind. This is your host, Dr. Rebecca, and we have a special guest today. Her name is Dr. Victoria Monlock. She's a physician who has practiced for over 30 years with a unique patient focus as both an OBGYN and an internist. In recent years, her attention has been devoted to helping women of every age maintain balance in their hormones and thereby optimize their health. Their health. Their specialized, her specialized mode of assessment and care is even more crucial as women approach the menopausal years. Her new book, Full Bloom, Perimenopause, Menopause, Postmenopause, Health and Happiness Through Hormone Balancing um, is available to you. And we'll talk a little bit about that book. And then she also has another book for blossoming young women called Blossoming. Dr. Victoria Monlock, welcome to Mastermind.
2: Thank you, Rebecca. Glad to be here. So I'd
0: like to just jump right in and talk about, first of all, tell me a little bit about how you got into this field. How did you know that your passion was helping women?
2: Well, when I first started, medicine wasn't even on my radar. So when I went to college, I kind of took science classes because I had a high school teacher who told me I'd be good at it and that I should be a doctor someday. And I just thought that was a hoot. Oh wow, that's that's different for yeah yeah. yeah. But you know why not? Why not keep my options open, right? So um, so I started taking science classes, and I realized that I really enjoyed it, and that I was good at it. And so when I finished college, like most people who don't have any medical people in their family to guide them. I just thought getting good grades meant you got into medical school. Well, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) politics to it than that, you know. So um, by hook and by crook, let's just put it that way, Um, I fought my way into and got into medical school, but I did research first. And doing research kind of kept my scientific mind going, and it really gave me a different perspective on looking at my patients. They weren't simply, you need a pill for this. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the human body, um, what you have to realize is the human body doesn't work by individual systems alone either. The systems all talk to each other and blend with each other. And an overall blend of health and knowing the foundation of your health is actually more important than treating an individual symptom. Mm -hmm. And once you get that aha moment and you go, wow, well, right. this is just the tip of the iceberg, this little symptom, but it's really relating to the entire body. And it's much deeper than that. So if I just treat the Western medicine way with, I've got a pill for that, right. then you're going to cause another problem, which then I have another pill for that. And it becomes right. this endless do-loop of you get tied into the medical system and you're trapped and you can't get out. Let me just pause right here just to make a real quick comment on that. So and I
0: want to emphasize to listeners how important that point is because we, um, like you said, in Western medicine, we're taught that there are different organ systems. Like, you know, you have a cardiologist and then you have a pulmonologist, you have an OBGYN and you have an endocrinologist and all these things are in little boxes. But you're a whole person and these aren't real they're, not, they're systems, but they work together as a whole. And a lot of my patients will even say when they take a pill, where does this go? Where else does it go? Because yes, it doesn't just go to that place that they take it for. It goes throughout the body. And so, um, and anything we do affects the, the entire body, the entire system. So thank you for making that point.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's one of the basic premises of how I practice. And I teach my patients that all the time that there is no one pill that will fix any one thing. We have to yes. look at it as it affects the entire body. Yes. So, um, so basically
0: research kind of piqued your, your interest um, and made you want to practice in a different way because, and I like that too in medicine, we can tend to focus on pills, uh, fixes. But when you do research, it's kind of like you're behind the scenes. And you see people, not just as numbers, but as, as whole entities um, worthy of exploring. In depth. Right.
2: And I yeah. can be the endless two-year-old. I can keep asking why. Yeah. Why is this happening? Why are we having this issue? You know, and being an endless two-year-old is fun as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm put in a position where I can do it and I can actually make some some difference for my patients, you know? Yeah. So when I, when I was going through my, my women's health rotation, if you will, during medical school, I actually thought, oh, let's just get through this women's health series, you know, my OBGYN rotation, and let's get back to the business of medicine. You know, I was going to be a cardiologist and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And, um, When I was placed in my OBGYN rotation, I didn't get placed in a hospital setting, which is where everybody who was going to be moving and shaking and getting their political, you know, eggs in a row or so to speak. Um, I got placed in an individual physician's office. And it was one of the best things that could have happened to me because this physician treated me like a junior partner. I was allowed as a junior student to be in the operating room with him. I was allowed to do deliveries. And I was actually doing my profession, which I turned out to go into that field. But I actually started hands-on with patients my first day as a junior student. And that was unheard of. of. And I learned firsthand that interactive with your patient kind of office setting and that how important it was to build that rapport with your patient. And it was a male physician, but he practiced like a female. And wow. that's the biggest compliment that I can give to How son. so? It, because he actually listened. He mm-hmm. listened to his patients, and he actually um, was caring about what they were saying. They weren't numbers to him. And I thought, you know what? I'm liking this field because I like him. I'm liking this field because it's babies and it's moms and it's happiness and there's no real illness here until you realize mm-hmm. there can be obstetrical emergencies and there right. can be you know, gynae emergencies and bad things can happen. But when patients that are OBGYN patients come to the office, A, they want to come.
0: Yes. They're happy. Right. They have a mm-hmm. smile on
2: their face. And B, they do come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they <laughs> don't they show for up. their appointments. <laughs> And I thought, you know, this is really cool. And I can I can grow with my practice, with my patients, and I can have obstetrical patients early in my practice when I'm having my babies. And then I can be a GYN when I'm having, you know, yeah. no more babies and they're going to still be with me. And my patients will be like my internal medicine family practice patients. They will grow with me throughout my practice and we'll yeah. just – We'll grow together. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. So I went into OBGYN knowing I could do as many procedures like deliveries and surgeries as I wanted, and then I could do as much family medicine as I wanted because I was also trained with an internal medicine background. So mm-hmm. I saw my patients as a whole. But the really cool thing that happened is that, yes, I was a phenomenal obstetrician, and, and I say that because I am no longer am, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't do obstetrics anymore, but when I did it, I practiced it like a midwife. I actually was there for my patients when they were, you know, in labor, and I was helping them push, and I put their foot up on my shoulder, mm-hmm. and I do perineal massage, and I let them labor in the bathtub and underwater, and my... my office manager was my doula and she would come in and she would help work with my patients with me and we were we were called midwives and every every nurse every physician every physician's wife wanted our style of delivery because we were hands-on and we were interactive with our patients and i had my patients reach down and grab their baby and help deliver their own baby and put them right up on their chest and, and go right to breast. And it was just the most wonderful delivery of life that I did for 16 years in my practice. And then I decided I needed wellness in my office. And as the head of, a, of an eight-physician group, wellness was where I saw my patients wanting medicine to go. It's where I wanted to go. Right. I realized when I caught one of my partners calling patients at home, my patients at home, and telling them not to come in for the wellness services. Hmm. Yes, I caught him doing it. And I, he hung up the phone and he goes, oh, I didn't see you there. I said, obviously. <laughs> what are you doing? And he said, isn't it obvious? And I thought, okay, that was my first kind of like take out at the knees of traditional Western docs want procedures. They want want patients as numbers. The more, the merrier. They don't want that interactive, let's keep patients healthy. They want more and more, more and more that, that, um, and I'm just going to say it: the greed of Western medicine had set in. And I thought, no, that is not the spirit of women's health. You're in women's health to help women. What are you? What are you saying? What do you, you know? Right. When I, I yeah, let the, me just pause right there. So,
0: and just to make a point, so all Western doctors aren't like that, but definitely no, it seems no, like no. This, the system of Western medicine is, is geared more and more these days toward profit and toward you know, um, making more money, seeing more patients and spending less, less time with them, maximizing profit at the expense sometimes of patients' health. And sometimes when we're trained in this system, we can uh, fall into that because otherwise we don't make money. It's kind of like you're, you have to play the game to a certain extent in order to make a living. And then you have to also try to practice medicine your way in order to stay true to your values and also, straight, stay true to what you know is best for the patient. Sometimes that can be a struggle. But yes, a lot of doctors do, um, and to not that, focus right, on right. do fall into that trap. Definitely, yeah. So you um, basically you're on a journey. You were on a journey to wellness, and you you had these little epiphanies along the way. That yes, this is this is the path that I need to take. And in seeing certain things happen, you decided that this was. Um, something that you needed to remedy and something that resonated with you was was this wellness path.
2: Right. And I knew that's the way I wanted to be treated. Right. That's the pathway I wanted for me in the future. Therefore, why shouldn't it be the pathway for my patients? Why shouldn't it be the pathway for every woman to be able to count on? Is that I'm going to try my darndest to keep them as healthy as I can to keep them out of the healthcare system and because we don't, we don't always need to be at the doctor's office. We don't. We need, to be medicated. <laughs> we need to be with our families. We need to be living life. And so we can have our physician as our advisor. We can have yes. them help guide us. We can have them to share our our deepest, darkest secrets. We can have them help us through our tough times and through our illness and through our family's illness, but they can also be there when we're having our best times and they can help us get our best times and our best health. So that's the way I see medicine and that's the way I see the medical profession. And so I have, when I had that aha moment with my partners all Seven of them looking me in the eye and saying, we don't want this wellness stuff. We want more. <laughs> I looked at them and I said, I yes, yeah. I was the president of the group. Uh-huh. And I said, I can't work with you. I'm out. I, I, I'm done. And I walked out. I walked out of the office. I quit. And my husband looked at me and he said, well, now that you made your point, what right. do you And I said, you know, I've got to think about that. So I took six months off to figure out what the heck my new direction was going to be. Now, here I am, 45 years young, and I'm in the peak of my career. I was the busiest obstetrician at my hospital. I had a triple practice from anybody in my own group, and I walked out. So now it was this, okay. <laughs> I had a big void to fill at that point. Holy smokes, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, what ended up happening is I went solo. You can't do obstetrics solo. It's suicide. You're never in the office. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, you've got everybody mad at you. You've got the hospital mad at you that you're not there. You've got mm-hmm. your office patients mad at you that you're not there. And you're mad at yourself because you aren't in either place. Yeah. So I made the huge decision that I needed to pursue this women's wellness course. And there were no role models, there were none. I literally had to build this model myself. And so intertwined in this was the fact I was going through perimenopause. Mm -hmm. And as a female physician, I woke up one morning and my face was on fire, like red hot, looked red hot, swollen eyes shut and I thought darn it all what the heck is going on Um, so long 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 story short it was my rosacea which is a skin condition Uh Uh which was flaring with my hormones swinging in perimenopause and I didn't know it the reason I didn't know it is western medicine didn't know it (laughs) medicine didn't know anything about perimenopause Their definition of perimenopause, are you ready? This is Western medicine's definition, the year before menopause. Well, how in the heck does that be proactive and help anybody predict when they're there? It's a retroactive definition. So it's totally useless. In a clinical setting, right? You
0: have to know how to beforehand prepare, and you have to know how to beforehand recognize the changes in in your body so that you can, you know, act
2: appropriately. We do but need to medicine process. is wrong. Medicine is wrong. It is not the year before; it can be five years before, ten right. years before, right. fifteen years before, and women can be symptomatic for much much longer than what Western medicine gives credit for. Again. This is that women's health care doesn't get the same attention that men's health care gets. So I'm now faced with how do I do my day when I can't even open my eyes? So I ended up finding a esthetician that calmed my skin down. And when I walked into my office manager's office at that point, I was still at my old office, um, I shared this story with her and she crossed her arms and sat back in her chair and she said, doc, if you are the OBGYN sitting in the middle of an OBGYN office and you don't know what's going on, how can your patients know what's yes. going on with them? Yes. And that yes. was my second aha moment. <gasps> oh right, my goodness. She's right. So after I left my group, well, you know, what? Can, we, can we pause right there? We need to take sure. a break. Um,
0: we're, we're talking to Dr. Victoria Monlock, and she's telling us basically how she uh, came to this journey of women's wellness. And uh, we're going to go to break, and then we're going to come back and finish up and start to talk about her books and her, her, her path once she realized that wellness was the path for her. Stay tuned. You're listening to Master
1: Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean-Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern time and 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Are you ready to face changes in your life? For many, that answer might be no, not yet, or never. Whether positive or negative, moving forward or stepping back, change is the one important constant in our life. Learn how to deal with change on A New You with host Liz Tupling. The show will help you move through personal transformation by providing a GPS, if you will, to guide you on the journey to your better self. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
2: It's your world. Motivate. Change.
4: Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: You are listening to Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca. If you have a question or comment, feel free to email us at drhuey at lifthealing.com. That's d-r-h-u-g-h-e-y at lifthealing.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to Mastermind.
0: Welcome back to Mastermind. This is your host, Dr. Rebecca, and I have Dr. Victoria Monlock. You go by Dr. Vicky, correct? I do, thank you. Dr. Vicki, here talking about her path to, to women's wellness, and then also we're going to talk a little bit about her. Um, she's an author, and she's helped women with her books um, go through perimenopause. And so we're, we, we, um, before the break, we were just listening to her story about her journey. So, Dr. Vicky. You mentioned that when you decided to quit this practice that didn't value wellness and go out on your own path, that you did not have any role models. So if you didn't
2: have any role models, how did you get to where you are right now? Great question. You know, it was kind of by hook and by crook. As I was having my own questions about my health and my patients who now had aged with me and actually left the group to come and follow me in my new group, um, they were asking the same questions and I needed to know for me what was important and what needed to happen. And I realized I needed to put myself on hormones and that the only way to know what hormone levels were was to do blood work. Well, at that same time, the, the parallel moment that happened in the world of, of medicine is that the Women's Health Initiative, this huge study about women and women's health from a menopausal standpoint came out and it blew the lid off of women's medicine. And it mm. basically came out with the false truths that taking hormone caused increase in breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke. And that misguided statement was based on poor science. And I say that very strongly because Women's Health Initiative, yes, was a huge study. And it looked at a lot of women in a lot of different arms. But they only studied horse-based and horse-based synthetic hormone. They did mm. not. They did not even include bioidentical hormone oh, in that study. Okay. At the same time, the Europeans did a mirror study that was smaller, but they did bioidentical hormone, the estradiol and the progesterone. So when so the Americans do you remember what the name of that European study is? You no, know, I don't have the name. I'm so okay. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Uh, the American study was called seven years into its 10-year run and Mm -hmm. the European study finished its 10-year run with opposite results. Mm -hmm. With opposite results. They found a 0% incidence in breast cancer and they went on to do then the cardiovascular 10-year studies and showed not an increase in heart attack and stroke, they showed a decrease On bioidentical hormone with heart attack and stroke the exact opposite of what women's health initiative is and the really really unfortunate thing is that in this country we have not done the research that the Europeans have done with the bioidentical and for whatever reason we continue to cling to the women's health initiative which Mm -hmm. was a poor study that studied non-bioidentical, and we continue to call that the gold standard in women's health, and it's not.
0: We so you're sh- saying basically the hormones
2: they use in that study may have had those results,
0: but they didn't include bioidentical hormones, which are That's a whole exactly different class, you. closer to what the natural body produces. Um, and so th- there's no there's no study that shows what bioidentical hormones will do to the body.
2: There are, but they're European, and European. so. <clears throat> right, And the Europeans follow blood levels. So there have been a few American studies that have tried to either counter the European studies or to agree with them. And there's are smaller studies, but they don't get the press that Women's Health Initiative gets. And so, you know, the, the, the real truth out there for everyone listening is that bioidentical hormone is actually bio-identical to what the human body makes, and research has shown, and our bodies have shown, that if it's good for us from age 12 to age 50, if it is so good for us, and it is our lifeblood from age 12 to age 50, it is what makes us tick, then why is it so bad for us from age 50 on? Well, I have a, I have a
0: question, and this is something that a lot of women will say, is that, Our bodies are made a certain way and just like we start out and we don't have, you know, a lot of these hormones and then we go through puberty and our hormones change and that's the way God made it. And then after, you know, our 40s, 50s, then they decline. And so to then give back those hormones is going against what the body naturally is supposed to do.
2: Well, so is doing heart surgery for somebody that's got a heart blockage. (laughs) So is doing a surgery for a ruptured appendix. That's what your body gave you. So that's, that's a false argument. And our bodies, back in 1912, we had, women had a life expectancy of 48 and a half years old. Mm. We got to menopause and we died. Mm-hmm. So are we willing to accept that we're going to go back to that? I don't mm. think so. I don't think so. And so if I can keep a woman healthy, and I can keep her forever age 45 by appropriately replacing and balancing not just her female hormones but all of her hormones in her body, the foundation of her health, then what is wrong with that? Mother Nature didn't want us having babies at age 50 because she wasn't sure we were going to be around to raise those children. So we don't need to be pregnant, but we do (laughs) deserve to have our health. We deserve to have our health as healthy as we want to be. We want to climb Mount Everest if it's there, just because we want to. And we need to be as healthy as we can in order to do it. Now, obviously, we're not going to climb Mount Everest, but we want to be as healthy going into our 60s and 70s and 80s. A lot of people will say 80 is the new 60. Well, I say 80 is the new 50. Oh, wow. Why not? Why not? Why not? And hormone balancing is how we can do that. It's not just female-male hormone balancing. It is all of our hormones. When I talk to women and men, because I balance men as well, I give the analogy of a four-legged chair. We have four hormone groups in our body. So it is not just balancing and replacing our female-male hormones. It is about balancing our female-male hormones, with the other three hormone groups, our mm-hmm. thyroid, our adrenal, our insulin, blood sugar. And if those four legs of your hormone chair as your foundation of your health are not balanced and healthy, and you sit on that chair, what happens? Boom, mm-hmm. you land on the floor. And you don't even know how you got there. Yeah. Right? Right. So balance, strengthen those four legs of that hormone chair, which means now the foundation of your health is there. Now you are balanced. Now we can look at where your blood count is and where your kidney function and liver function is. That's where Western medicine starts. Mm -hmm. They forget Mm -hmm. the fact that there's that foundational floor. And when women walk in, one of the common themes that I hear is, Doc, I've been to eight, ten doctors. I can't get an answer. I feel off. I feel crummy. And every doctor will do blood work. It's the same blood work. And they look at me mm-hmm. and they say, well, all your blood work looks good. I don't know what's wrong. So I go to the next doctor. And it's the same groundhog day every time <laughs> I- it's the same thing. And, she's, and, and they'll look at me and say, somebody told me to come and see you. You will make a difference. And when I explain how I'm going to approach them, and we get their blood work back, and I show them where different legs of their hormone chair are broken and that we're going to fix them, they cry. Mm-hmm. They literally break down and cry, and they go, nobody has ever looked at me like this. And I say, I know. Isn't that? Yeah. A shame? Yeah, so
0: it's important to be seen as a whole, uh, as a whole person, and to have your your, your life, your health validated by somebody. And absolutely. Recognized, especially physicians, is it's not just listening makes a big difference in people's
2: lives. Right. And realizing that, again, our body is not a silo of individual organs that work, you know, individually. They all work together. So I have them fill out a symptoms worksheet, and it'll be as diverse as symptoms as forgetfulness, as bladder incontinence, getting up in the middle of the night to empty their bladder, muscle aches, migraine headaches, insomnia, Um, PMS symptoms, anxiety, abdominal bloating, hair loss. And I will categorize them into estradiol deprivation, progesterone deprivation, testosterone excess. But really that same symptom worksheet could say thyroid hormone symptoms Mm -hmm. or adrenal hormone symptoms or blood sugar hormone symptoms. They're all interchangeable. So those Symptoms are multiple body system-wide symptoms, but they relate back to the four legs of our chair. Right. It all comes back to the the hormones. Right. Right. So that foundation is huge. Knowing the foundation. And can it be done by blood work that your insurance covers? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's the fallacy, again, of hormone work, is that it's got to be salivary. Well, salivary is not what's going on in the rest of your body blood goes on in the rest of our body salivary Mm -hmm. happens in our mouth Mm -hmm. okay and so salivary levels are not going to be accurate to what is happening in the rest of your body and the europeans who are 15 years ahead of us in hormone research follow blood levels and blood levels, again, will be covered by your insurance. You can code it that it'll be covered by your insurance. So why do we have to pay out of pocket for something salivary, which isn't going to give us true values? And we're not doing things that are going to match with what Europeans are doing. So we're doing research that isn't able to be reproduced, which is what the Western medicine model wants. <laughs> how we're considered crazy. Right. we be considered credible in the western model if we don't do things that can be reproduced. Right. So my mission is not only to do women's health and men's health and balance everyone to be their best health possible 80s the new 50 but to also be able to say that this I can do research on this, and I can prove this to the Western medical world that doesn't want to give hormone balancing its due and its place. It deserves to be done everywhere in this country, and every woman deserves the right to walk into their doctor's office and to have their body balanced and the four legs of their hormone chair balanced. Great. Okay. Let's stop there. So um,
0: we're talking with Dr. Vicky, and we're talking about hormone balancing and the importance of balancing the, basically the four legs of the four groups of hormones in order to have complete wellness. And um, when we come back from the break, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to dive into her book, Full Bloom, and talk some more about what's in the book, what she has for us as far as perimenopause goes. So um, we'll see you in a couple more. We'll come back in a couple minutes and we'll continue with this conversation. You're listening to Mastermind.
2: Voice America is available on your Google connected device.
1: Okay, Google play turning hard times into good times podcast on iHeartRadio.
2: Try it today.
4: Today's Hot Topics.
1: Put something special into your weekend. Listen to Living Your Limitless Life with host Carol Duchesne, the founder of Connect to Joy. You can transform your life with new ways of looking at joy, peace, freedom, and prosperity, as well as guided meditations and visualizations. It's time to break free from your limitations and create the best vision of your life. What better time than the weekend or right now on demand? Living your limitless life can be heard Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific time and noon Eastern time on Voice America
4: Empowerment. Want to make positive changes in your life? Explore mindfulness with host Rusty Williams on Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. People from all walks of life use hypnosis and mindfulness to overcome problems and increase positivity. It's time to take back control of your own life and make it more productive. Tune in for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. Live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
1: You are listening to Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca. If you have a question or comment, feel free to email us at drhuey at lifthealing.com. That's D R H U G H E Y at lifthealing.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to Mastermind.
0: Welcome back to Mastermind. This is Dr. Rebecca, your host, and we are here today with Dr. Vicky who is a woman's, she's a physician, and also an advocate for women's health. And uh, we have been talking about the importance of hormone balancing in a woman's body, and also the experience of uh, perimenopause, what that means, and how can we um, stay healthy all throughout our our womanhood, from from our young years, through perimenopause, through menopause, and beyond. And um, Dr. Vicki, we talked a little bit about perimenopause. And how it's not just the year before menopause, but a few years before, and um, you know, up to ten years before. So, um, some women who may be a little bit younger, still having periods, may think, "I don't need to think about perimenopause. That, that doesn't that, that doesn't apply to me. I still have periods. I can still have babies. You know, I don't need to think about that." And then there are also women who feel like they've gone through menopause. They feel like they've gone through the worst of it. You know, don't have any more symptoms and. They might have some health issues, but they would never attribute that to having to do with menopause or hormones. They might attribute it to just normal aging. So, can you dispel some myths for us about what perimenopause and mer- perimenopause? Excuse me, what perimenopause and menopause are, and how those things affect us? Oh, and you you
2: have just hit my favorite topic. <laughs> oh, in the world of medicine and in women's health, what nobody will ever tell women is that our hormone production is like a bell curve and that bell curve isn't a smooth up and then a smooth down. It has all these ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs mm-hmm. and they're more, they're more uh, erratic in our teenage years and they're more erratic in our perimenopausal years, in our decade of our fours. But in the middle, in our 30s, 20s and 30s, It's much more, we're up at the top, we're in the top of our game. You know, we've gotten very minimal variation of what's going on. But man, those teen years and those 40s, those are rough years. And that's a roller coaster ride (laughs) for some people that you just want off, but you can't, you know? Your body's running the show, you aren't. So despite the fact that in your 40s, you're having periods, you're also having menopausal symptoms. So what's the deal? Well, it's that one month, you may have hormone levels that are at the 60th, 70th percentile, and the next month you're down at the 5th percentile. Hmm. Well, those are swings that are pretty significant. They're pretty wild. And if a guy would go through that, you know we'd have an answer in in Mm -hmm. months, right? But (laughs) women go through it, and they look at us and go, oh, you're resilient, you're strong, you can handle that, you know, because nobody looks at the science. Well, I do. I get hormone levels, and I not only get hormone levels, but I track hormone levels, and I trend them for my patients, and they get their own graph of what their hormone cycle and what their menstrual career and what their bell curve looks like for them, because some people have a smoother curve than others. But for those that have a really rough curve, and their swings are anywhere from 100th percentile estradiol progesterone down to 5th, and that's Mm -hmm. month to month to month to month. That's a lot of change. Oh, you start to think that you're going crazy. And people tell you you're going crazy. So then you don't get answers from your traditional docs, and they're telling you you're going crazy. So you come to the conclusion, everybody thinks I'm going crazy, so I must be going crazy. No, your hormones are going crazy and nobody's looking. Mm -hmm. So get your hormone levels checked because that's going to explain what's going on. So even if you're having periods, we give women bioidentical hormone to make them age appropriate. That's Mm -hmm. a huge concept right there is to be age appropriate for your hormone levels. Not just are they present? Are you age appropriate? And if you are, we can work through these swings. I can't prevent how high you'll go, but I can prevent how low you go. And how low you mm-hmm. go is mm-hmm. usually going to be the most symptomatic. The hot flashes, the night sweats that wake you up, and you've got to wring out your nightshirt. Uh, the bladder leaking when you laugh and sneeze and cough can get worse, so much worse. Cactus sex. Oh, my gosh, nobody talks about cactus <laughs> sex. you know. You know. The losing your brain, you look at your, at oh. your workers and you suddenly can't remember their name. Mm. And your boss is looking at you like, what is your problem? And then you realize that you're considered unreliable by the rest of the team and you're going to lose your job. Well, those are very real things that happen to women. But the next month you're back on track and they say, well, you're unreliable. We just can't have this. So in your 40s, there you are training a younger replacement, and you still have 20, 25 more years of really good knowledge and job experience to keep, you know, and to share with your co-mates, you know, at work. But you're getting demoted, and you're being told you're worthless, and that you don't deserve to be in that job anymore. Well, women are just getting beat down, beat down, beat down, and it's not their fault. Mm -hmm. their hormones swinging, and nobody's helping them. So simply putting age-appropriate hormone back in place, and you say, well, if they swing that much, does that mean I need to get my hormones checked more often? Sometimes I'm checking hormones every three months on Mm -hmm. patients because they'll swing that much. But if it means your health, your happiness, your job, your marriage, Wow, and your insurance is going to pay for your blood tests? Why not? What is wrong with feeling the best you can feel? If medicine isn't helping you find out what is going on in your body, then I give you permission. I empower you, every listener out there, to take charge of your own health, march into your doctor's office, and say, I want my hormone levels checked. How do you know what hormone levels to check? That's where full bloom comes in. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. The (laughs) The book. I talk about the myths and the truths and the research and the symptoms, but I put case studies in there. But at the end of the book, there's a whole chapter in there about how to talk to your doctor. That's excellent. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how do you ask for the blood test? What are the blood tests? I list them for you. And how do you know how to interpret those? Well, your doctor may not know how to interpret those. So I also empower you that if your doctor doesn't know, then contact me. I will do it for you. Great. So you have this book, Full Bloom, and you have case studies. So I'm sure that a lot of
0: women will be able to find themselves in this book in one or more of the case studies. Exactly, because women thing.
2: in their 40s present differently than women yeah. in their 50s. Yeah. Women in their 50s present differently than women in their 60s. Imagine having sailed through menopause, quote unquote, or not, but now you're 10 years past and you go, well, that ship has sailed. You know, this is crazy. I can't do this. Um, I'm not going back to periods. Well, I'm not going to give you periods. Hormone mm-hmm. isn't going to give you periods, not if they're managed. But we do have to, according to the research, protect your cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. We do need to protect your bones. And what most doctors don't even know because they don't, the research is not read by them is that an American researcher, a cardiologist, actually did a study called the ELITE trial that I highlight in full bloom. And what he showed <clears throat> is that women, regardless of their age, postmenopause, will have a reduction in cardiovascular heart disease and a reduction in all mortality. All mortality. Interesting. But if you start it before 10 years post-menopause, if you start it in that 10-year window, mm-hmm. and you get a 32% reduction in wow. heart disease and a 39% reduction in mortality or improvement in mortality. You actually improve and and you decrease your risk of cancer by 39%. This is with hormone balancing with bioidenticals. Correct. Okay. Correct. And even if you start it after 10 years, you arrest the risk at the age that you started. You arrest the risk. How can that not be good for every woman in this country? Kind of- right? I mean that sounds very good. It sounds and definitely it's Western medicine research. But we ignore it. We sweep Mm. it under the rug because we don't understand how we introduce that to patients. How do we follow patients with that? We don't know how to do the middle part of it, how to check hormone levels and how to balance it and what that means. And that's where I come in. I am going to actually, with this new group that I am joining, uh, Regenerative Health maintenance rhm um, i am going to be training physicians how to do hormone balancing in their own practice regenerative health
0: maintenance so this is right. you teaching other physicians how to basically know how to interpret these hormones how to adjust the bioidenticals and how to be effective at helping
2: women right this process exactly and so again full bloom is our bible if you will it is all about not just balancing your female male but it's about balancing your hormone chair get your thyroid levels checked get your adrenal levels checked get your blood sugar insulin checked and balance your whole foundation and that's that important step that western medicine misses is balance the foundation then everything else above that is made so much easier and so much healthier. Mm -hmm. So we have... mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, and then Blossoming, the adolescent book, is the perfect tie-in to our perimenopausal book because what happens to our adolescent daughters happens to us in perimenopause. Remember that Velcro and those wild swings? Well, our teenagers can get those same wild swings, we just don't recognize that that could happen because nobody studies the adolescent except me. And so I know that they swing, but we just dismiss them as, oh, your are hormonal, go to your room. Or, you know, we don't want to talk to you, you're a drama queen. So what do our teenage daughters do? They go to Dr. Google. And they get on their phone and they get on the internet and they start looking for answers. Well, are those the answers you want them looking for on the internet? Definitely not. If Yeah. Definitely <laughs> Most not. Most of the time. And mom and daughter get treated <clears throat> against each other because mom is going through the same thing. So it's really like mother, like daughter. Let's let... The, the word out that we can help our teenage daughters because we're going through it too, and let's go through it together. Let's be partners in this. Let's actually let mom, daughter do this as a team. And this can be the best way that we can help our teenage daughters and that we help ourselves. Yes. So Take an adversarial situation or a potentially adversarial situation and have it become that mother-daughter moment where you actually bond and you go through something difficult together. Isn't that what family is all about and supporting our daughters? I definitely love the idea of a mom and a daughter
0: recognizing that they are at different ends of the same spectrum. And that's, you know, the hormone changes and being able to become allies to get work together instead of clashing and um, triggering each other, but then realizing that they're both going through a similar process and that if they talk about their experiences with each other, then it's a powerful bonding exercise.
2: You're absolutely right. So we
0: have about two minutes left. Um, we're talking with Dr. Vicki. We're talking about hormone balancing in her book, Full Bloom, and uh, her program for physicians about is regenerative regenerative health medicine management mm-hmm. ma- maintenance. Thank you, regenerative health maintenance. Um, Dr. Vicki, do you have any
2: final words for us? Um, I'm going to say, empower yourself. Yes. Go to Amazon. Look up both "Blossoming Becoming a Woman for the Adolescent" and "Full Bloom Perimenopause Menopause Postmenopause and Beyond." Get both books. They will become your mantra. They will become your calling card. Empower yourself about your health. You deserve it. You deserve to know how your body works. You deserve to be 20 years younger than you are. You deserve, if you are menopausal, to be forever age 45. There is nothing wrong with that. Thank
0: you so much, Dr. Vicki. It was fun to talk to you today and very, very, very informative. Um, Thank you for this information. Again, her two books are Blossoming and Full Bloom. You're listening to uh, Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca, and we have been talking with Dr. Victoria Monlock. Next week, join us again for another amazing show. Thank you.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Mastermind. Please join us for another show next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.